grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Everybody, happy Friday! How's it going? I hope it's going well. As usual, things are doing what they're doing today. We're waiting for Nancy to come into the room, but uh, I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so because we never know with Nancy how long we're going to be doing this. And uh, I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal need. We can get to you from wherever. All right. So, oh, yes, we also have branches in Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Hawaii. Anyway, it's going to be a great night. We're going to be talking ghosts. I love talking about ghosts. Ghosts, ghosts are cool. Most of them. But uh, we're going to be doing something a little different tonight, too. We're going to see some changes to the show. And um, I'm just waiting for Nancy. And maybe. <laughs> I just sent her the link. I don't know how she's she's not getting in somehow, but uh, it's a cluster. What else is new? Um, we're going to be doing something different with the show tonight. Um, I'm preparing uh, because of the, of the numbers we're having. I'm starting to look into getting sponsors and things like that. So I'm starting to work on... Don't know, Nancy. What's going on? Don't know. Click on the link. Hang on. Another one of those shows. So we're going to be... Uh, did everybody hear me okay? Let me double check my setting. Yeah, I'm here. Anyway, so we're going to be changing it up a little bit tonight because we do have advertisers. I don't have advertisers yet, but I'm getting you know to where I'm going to be lo looking for my advertisers. And I'll be searching. So we're gonna I'm gonna start putting like little mini ads and even for myself. Okay. Thanks, Jerry. So I'm gonna be putting in got it. Okay, it shouldn't be I've sent you to Facebook. Okay, it didn't send you I don't know what's going on. Hang on a second. Let me get this link back out to Nancy. I don't know what's going on tonight, and I hate nights like this. Give me a second, you guys. Didn't send her to Facebook. Invite a guest. Let me try this again. Send it, I'll send the link again. I shouldn't have sent her to Facebook, but it did. Okay. Anyhow, um, so I'm playing around with that to see how it's going to look. So the ads are pretty much going to be about Nancy and I. <laughs> okay. She clicked on the wrong link or something. So give me a second. I don't know why it's sending her to Facebook. Okay. Anyway. um, So you're going to see these kind of little ads. So I'm trying to figure out how and when I want to put the ads through you know, during the show, 
And uh, but these are not paid ad. What we're doing is not not a paid ad. Just need to let everybody know on YouTube as well. There we go. Nancy's coming in. But it's uh, not a paid ad. We're just playing around to see how we want to do that. Just like if you notice the backdrop on this thing, I've been changing that up. And we've been running little ghosties, and I wasn't too happy with that. So I changed that up last night. And uh, hopefully I've got this down. You know, hopefully it's there. Uh, let Nancy get settled. Wave at me when you're settled, Nancy. Okay. All right, so here we go, and uh, we're going to do the new backdrop. And like I said, Nancy, uh, I did an ad for, I did a little like info, an info slide for Nancy that we're probably going to run at some point during the show. Okay. All right, good to see everybody in the chat room. Jerry, hello, hello to whoever, everybody that's out there. Sorry for the slow start. Here we go. <laughs> oh, look at these things. I actually have them on the correct ear tonight. Right. And you know what? I'm not very good to start. I'm left-handed, right-handed. You think I could figure this out. Right. So <laughs> I'm just going to cover it with my hair. <laughs> gonna, hi, everybody. Nice to be here tonight. It's uh, nice to be here finally. I must have clicked a link for something else. I couldn't figure it out. I went, where am I? I'm on Facebook. <laughs> anyway, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Good, good, good. I'm glad. Welcome All to right. The Welcome to the jungle today. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Oh, my gosh. I know it. It's a screw up. It must be Friday. <laughs> I, you know what? That's casual Friday. That's why we're going to try these things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So good I was luck. just telling them that, uh, you know, we're, I'm, we're, the show is getting to the point where I think we have enough people watching. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. be looking for, you know, uh, in fact, I've been talking to different sponsors and stuff already so i'm trying to figure out just how we're going to present the sponsors during the show and stuff you know they may oh, yeah i think it just interviews you know you know kind of like infomercials like they do on tv <laughs> they're just these little tiny interviews you know in the middle of the show or midway through the show it just it just depends to see what they want and how we want to do this but today is the first test because we have yours and at some point we're going to flash that bad boy up on the screen <laughs> And, uh, you know, I love bad boy. <laughs> just play around with that, you know, and see, and see how we like it because we don't want to disrupt the flow of the show either. You know, we want to keep the flow going. I can, I just continue talking. <laughs> if something goes wrong, just say, Nancy, continue talking. <laughs> keep going, Nancy. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to you guys too. There's going to be, I'm going to have to get uh, my tooth finally worked on. I'm finally getting this, trying to get to do that. So I'm probably going to end up having Nancy host a couple shows. So, if, if you guys come on and I'm not here and Nancy's in the, in the host spot, you know why. Um, we're going to call it, uh, what is Nancy going to talk What are we going to talk about tonight? Or yeah. Nancy, what is Nancy talking about tonight? And, and the thing is, is that what I'll do is I may pick the most recent session. I have somebody not talk about them, but talk about the topic. My cousin. And, go, ahead. go ahead, finish. My cousin just came in. It's all good. Oh, it's all good. Hello, cousin. <laughs> um so anyway, uh, the topic could be very, very varied. And uh, a comment was made, do I do readings on the air? And yes, I do. But then everybody want readings. I get notes from people. Well, you didn't get to me. I couldn't, I wasn't in the, the chat room. So I'm across the country. Someone did that to me. And I go, yeah. <laughs> I can't help that. Get our meetup. You know, if you if you want, if we do readings, when we do readings again, and that could be one of the nights. Oh no, it wouldn't work because if Shar sets me up to be on the air, I cannot see the chat room. 
Yeah. So those well, are you, other... you will if you're hosting. I can fix that for you. Oh, can you? Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd have to be able to read. I don't have to. She huh? makes fun of me because I'm squinting at the screen. So now she, she'll you don't want to see me quiet. squint. What pair of glasses should I wear? <laughs> Do I get Big the granny glasses cap. on and Big put them on? <laughs> I could do this, so I, you know, or I could get the big ones out. Big opera guns. glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do have opera glasses. The opera glasses. I know it. <laughs> I've, I've been on the computer a lot this last year, and um, I, you know, if you don't take care of your eyes, they do change. So anyway, we'll figure it out, and it can. And we're always up to. Um, and very open to come up with suggestions. So you in the audience, you come up with something you want me to talk about. If I can't talk about it, I'll tell you, oh, that's not something I cover. And I have done that. I don't know everything. Thank God. I do what I do. And there are things I I stay away from. And I'm not going to say it on the air because sure enough, the universe will hear me and I'll get a slew of that kind of problem. So that's how it is. That's how it, that's how it is. I do the tough stuff anyway. So there's tougher things than... Here, I'm going to say by accident. So, okay. Uh, so, where are we starting tonight? You want me to just kind of start talking or are we going to just... I mean, I'm a ghost hunter. It's what I do. It's my thing. Jerry's a ghost hunter. I see Jerry out there. Hello, Jerry. Reese is probably out there somewhere. You know, ghost hunting is our things. And uh, let's talk about ghosts. You know, how to... What I just have all kinds of stuff to talk about ghosts. And I know you this... do. So. <laughs> Right. And some, and there's people who've never heard RSS feed. You may not have heard of me before. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, maybe you have. So I was born this way. <laughs> when I found out someone said they laid me a psychic and then I see ghosts, they go, well, you might be a medium too. And I went, <laughs> I was just blank. Like, oh, is that what's been wrong with me all my life? You know? Every um, time you say that, I look but, like some kind of appendage coming out the side of your head. <laughs> I was born this way. I was okay. born this way, everybody. And no insult to anybody that has an appendage coming out of their head or anywhere else. I'm just oh, saying. gosh. That's well, it looks like uh, my mother's side of the family are cowboys and Indians. And I take after that side, clearly the darkness of me. And uh, I'm I'm older. So my skin is like when I was a teenager in high school. Uh, <laughs> it's like really Indian. And my sister took after father's side of the family. He was English, Irish uh, Swedish, Norway, you couldn't get any blonder. And that was the side of the family that I, I inherited the gift. Um, years and years and years later, my mother, after we were old, my mother was in her 70s, 80s. And she said, you know, I admit something to you. And I go, well, mom, what? And she says, I've always thought of myself very intuitive. And I said, you're admitting that now? <laughs> I've been doing this for 30, 25 years. And she says, I just think I should admit to that because I never liked it. And there's a true statement. So my father had the gift. And when he met my mother, he said, I'll marry you in 90 days. And she so resisted. I mean, he just, and she said, get rid of him. I married him. <laughs> just because he would never leave her side. Well, his mother was very gifted. And this is, I don't make anything up. Who can make up stories like this? My mother really didn't care for the gift because he would talk to not only his dead father and have conversations, he would talk to his mother who lived across town and they would have open conversations. And my grandmother was a silent screen movie star. And one of the books I'm going to write up is pictures of her on state in the movies. They call them stills or something. And all the poems she wrote to my father. Well, her mother 
if you look up the Fox sisters, upper New York state, around the turn of the century, my grandmother was born to women, mother in her forties. They had a clutch of women that would sit around on Saturday nights and table tip. And it was all the rage. It was like the big thing to do. And so that's the side of family. And then my mother said, and I told her, I says, oh my God, I have uh, the leprechauns on one side of my family and the spirit worshipers on the other. I couldn't go on, you know, if you're going to get it, get it. So anyway, my father, last time I saw my father, uh, which I'm leading up to is uh, I raced into his arms. And I'm funny, I have little memories of him because I was six years old. And the day that he was going to leave, we lived in Hollywood and he was going to Las Vegas um, for a job. And then he was going to drive home on um, Sunday night to Monday. And we were going to move to Florida. I know the hurricane just happened because he was very, very successful with Universal Studios and he was going to tend to the stars in Florida. But anyway, uh, I told him, don't go. We'll never see you again. Mm-hmm. And my mother, all I remember is her fist going to me like that. Don't you ever do that again? And he had, unbeknownst to my mother, take a life insurance policy out effective midnight, April 1st, 1955. He was killed at two o'clock in the morning, April 1st, 1955. Wow. And that got my mother through some difficult, tough years. And that, and that was a way always. I was in high school when I knew a lot that I shouldn't. And I was really good at cards. Really good. <laughs> I knew like a concentration that you put the cards on the floor. I couldn't, you know, you, you kids nowadays don't even do things like that. But this was always, always. And I married a man became undercover uh, police person and illegal doc, uh, illegal medical devices, drugs, and fraudulent doctors. And then he got into high crime. And it was um, at that time I realized uh, something was wrong because he would come home and I couldn't even get near him. The energy was just pounding off of me. And we were just kids. Then I got cancer and then I got divorced in 88. So we married for 21 years and I look back and I realize, yes, we were young. We grew up in different ways, but I contribute some of the, my want to stay away from him because the energy of bad guys, <laughs> crime, it would stay with him. The intensity of the, of the invest undercover investigation. And he had some celebrities that would put bikes on them. And it was, it was exciting. I've never stopped enjoying that world. And um, to make a long story short, after cancer, a year and a half later, the doc says, well, we think you're going to live. Yay. (laughs) And on my birthday, April 30th, 1990, I said, thank you for my life and my sanity. And if you wish, I'll work for you the rest of my life. May 4th, they sent me to Spirit of Grace Church, Citrus Heights, California. Too long of a story. Can't make it up. It was amazing. So when I got into this, it was a control thing, not a let how you do it. Because the first night, a demonstration of a psychometry, the pastor's church, uh, Ken Keck, Pastor Pen- Reverend Ken Keck, was reading to people, but I was getting the information faster, quicker, and before he would. And I jumped up and I went, what is this? That was a little wisp of a thing. I was so thin. And I just stood up and he probably looked at me and said, well, this little thing, what is she yelling for? 
And and uh, he says, do you want to try this? Well, I talked to all eight of, eight of them plus the pastor. Next week I had 15, 10 to 15. Within a couple months, I had 50 people showing up every Friday night. And I worked there for 15 years. It went like that off and on, off and on. It was within a few weeks. And I want to stop this because I do want to talk about ghosts. Um, I started seeing, I always saw spirit peoples. But out of the corner of my eye, um, I remember getting married to Holy Family Catholic Church, anybody from Citrus Heights. Uh, that's where we got married and in the services and stuff. I would see spirits in there. And if I remember right, in a church, there shouldn't be any spirits walking around, right? Mm, right. Restaurants. And I remember thinking, it doesn't seem right. <laughs> it didn't seem right. And so that went on. But I never talked to my husband about it. But I was doing things and I knew things. And he just, uh, uh. and then one day my son demonstrated some really amazing abilities. And I won't embarrass him in front of God and everybody, but he was with his dad. He was like seven years old. And my daughter and I were talking about him and he walked up the house. We had half an acre from that point to the house. He walked all the way up into the house. He said, when I'm outside, don't talk about me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so getting back to the church, I did see spirits. And one of the first times was so, I've already told the story about Cricket. A woman asked about her husband who had just passed away. But that wasn't what she wanted to know. Because I saw him in a trophy room. They must have had money. They had a big room with all the trophies he had ever bagged. Which I don't care for. But that's what they did <clears throat> in those years. <clears throat> what I saw was a young woman sitting on a wicker basket in front of him. She looked about 20 years old. And unbeknownst to me, this beautiful young thing had committed suicide. And when I told the woman, she said, that's why I asked you about my, my husband. I said, you know, you didn't ask me, you asked them because he would have shown up, but you asked her to show up. It was the first time that big bell goes off, boing, right? Because I never really cared about spirits or ghosts rather. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine, Camille said to me one night, let's go ghost hunting. And I went, <laughs> really? And she took me to a cemetery and I think it was Fair Oaks. And there was a lot of demonstration there. But she, I remember her comment. She says, how do you know these people? And I said, well, they're standing right there. And it didn't even occur to me. I shouldn't be able to see them. And the lady that wanted me to find her grave, Camille, if you see this, you'll understand. She'll be reminded. Uh, died on May 4th, 1990. Very night that we went there. So the spirit person talked to Camille to get me there to prove to me that it wasn't my imagination. And I'm, all these stories um, will be all written up. Um, they'll all be talked about at my channel sometime in the future. So how to not become a ghost is the beginning of our topic. And if we go too long, we'll have part two next week. Right, Char? Right. Right. And so that was um, a little longer. So we may go a little longer. Everybody stay. stay. <laughs> Stay tuned, unless I lose my voice. Everybody, I'm really getting healthy. I mean, it's really much better than it sounds. <clears throat> I always drink a little hot coffee, excuse me. I got something. Everybody says I had COVID. <clears throat> and uh, just the voice and the throat. Um, so this is an unusual topic because people don't want to admit to this. Uh, 
a lot of people don't know if they want to believe in survival, let alone are we just going to become ghosts or they watch the TV shows. And there's so many things, ghost hunters. And most of the time, ghost investigations and hotels and asylums and hospitals. And I, I think about that. I go to the hospital and I, I block it. I come, I call it being a walnut shell like this. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. But recently, my husband drove me by a couple of cemeteries in the town we live in. And I wasn't guarded. And I went, oh, no, there's three one, three here and there's two over there. You drove me by, by them. I mean, he didn't even warn me. <laughs> and now I won't be able to forget them until I go there and talk to them. And mm -hmm. that always made me right. Oh, my gosh. I just like this. And yet there are so many spirit people everywhere. But the ones that capture me reach out because they're stuck they see me and they've told me I was doing rescues for years. And I kind of turned that away because it's very, it's satisfying, but it's draining. And what happens, these rescues find me. And it was difficult because I didn't know what was happening. And uh, one even happened in a car. I was traveling to San Francisco to visit my sister and someone else was driving. And all of a sudden a guy in a canoe started swimming around in the car. And I went, you know, it was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't want that. And a man showed up once and he was laying on the ground and he had been burned up because uh, he was dying against a tree. He had run out of his barn and he was looking at the barn. It was on fire. That's not necessarily a ghost. That's a lost soul. Big difference, everybody. Big difference. So that's another good topic of those lost souls. And there's some that are very distressed. And I was able to rescue a few of them, but it's very difficult and at times I've been at the bedside of someone dying and then I've got people do a reading and they'll bring that up. And one was a, a very senior lady and I held her hand. I says, honey, you've, you've worked hard enough. This has been a hard life for you. Won't you? It's okay. You just go on. And I felt this <laughs> gone. And then in uh, Tucson, I was invited to come to a house where there was a, a disturbance. And before they told me anything, I says, I drew a picture of the house. I says, we go to the front door. We go to the back bedroom to the right. Got in the front door. And the man said, her bedroom was at the far right. <laughs> I go in there. I wish she next to the window where she, you know. And I got in there and there was, she was still there. It was strange. She was wrapped up in her sheet. And she was waiting for somebody on the verge of becoming a ghost because her eyes were blinded. She was uh, disoriented. And so I do, I said this, I said, I said her name. Sorry, I don't get permission. I can't say the names. Um, and she, the woman that was greeting her looked like somebody, uh, they were Hispanic peoples, but this woman was very pale with a sharper nose. And I thought, ooh, who is she? You know, these people culturally may be different. And of course, I don't even think about marriages. And mm -hmm. someone, I described her and they said, oh, that's so in the family. And I, I pointed to the lady, I said, hey, get, get to your attention. So I, I do this all the time. I tell people, get their attention, be sympathetic. And so I was very sympathetic. And I said, oh my gosh, let's try to talk and don't make big sentences, make them short. And I says, listen to me. So when I do past life regression, I change my voice. Listen to me, listen to me. Pulls them up because they, I sound different than everybody else in the room. And I, gosh, I can see it. That's goosebump time, everybody. And I saw her turn her head just enough to look at me. And I asked these people, the ones that were rescues, and I said, 
why do you see me? And they said, your light is brighter than everybody else's. And, and that makes sense because I was doing a talk at the Big Evolving Times Expo in Sacramento 25 years ago. And someone who was in a big lecture hall and they said to me, you're very bright. You have a lot of life force around you. And I contribute my being able to do what I do because I have a lot of body energy. And I've explained this on a Shara show before. I think it was Shara show. <laughs> and I said, I'm an athlete, been all my life, very busy, um, high energy. Maybe I was ADHD as a child. I don't know if I was, but I never sat down. I was a kind of pissed. So I have a lot of muscles like the Indians would be. Indian peoples are muscular, um, hardy. And so at least the group that my mother came from. So uh, I think that's part of it. So she looked at me and she didn't look at anybody else. She saw me and she, this woman was distressed, um, didn't realize she died, but didn't know why she was the way she was. And I got her attention and I said, look, small words, everybody's, infrequent words, pause, change your voice, make it noticeable to them only. And she looked up, I says, because I described her. So I said, and then, so I addressed the woman as auntie so-and-so. I says, why are you not with her? Go. And she left. And these people, everybody started cheering <laughs> because the air in the room shifts, shifts because the air of her moved the air in the room. So it felt like a hoof. Do you want to do that? We're going to talk about that. She would have stayed there and that woman not got her attention unless I have changed my voice, looked at her, said it over and over until she paid attention to me. Listen to me, look at me. And so she too. So you have enough patience, you can get, these people, what happens with them, and this is beginnings of what I was going to say, the notes were all here, everybody, is that they get distressed. People get distressed. Now, I'd like to back up because I got a little off track and Sharbi's patient with me. Okay. <clears throat> um, think of the statement for a moment. Who can, So I'm going to assume most of you <clears throat> listening tonight <clears throat> might have been in this investigation of spirits and ghosts a long time you watch TV shows. Are you believing it or not? Have you had seen me in a lecture or a hall? Have friends had readings from me? I'm in California. I've done a lot of events everywhere, everywhere. Maybe you've listened to me. Probably not, right? Probably not. Um, life is what it is. And for the last 10 years, it's been quieter. So it is what it is. But who did you listen to that you maybe believed? The grandma see spirit once? Oh, dad all showed up when he passed away. I'm all convinced that we survived. Did you see something on TV that got your attention? Did you have a sense that someone was looking at you and there was nobody in the room? Uh, have you seen a shadow? Have you seen a wisp? I'm not going to talk of orbs. That's not the same thing. We're talking about uh, you witnessing and believing that the shadow you saw, the energy in the room, um, the flicker of the light when it shouldn't have been. Uh, I wrote a poem to my mother after she passed and it's on my website, nancymats.com. But I wrote a poem to my mother of how I missed her. And I was sitting very quiet when I wrote it and I, I'd read it out loud, hoping that she would show up because I should be able to feel it my mother, but we can't do ourselves very well. I didn't know. 
And I remember thinking, gosh, there's a breeze in here. I, I get chilly easy. And I was thinking, yeah, gosh, I wish mom would show up because I, I wish I'd close that window. Now I'm not knowing if she's going to show up. And about 30 minutes later, I looked over and the window had been closed all that time. <laughs> it was my mother trying to get my attention. And I didn't even know. I was thinking the window breeze was coming in, hitting me on the arm, my left side. And I went, I paused and I went, oh, gosh, mom please. I know it was you. <laughs> Not really. But I remember thinking I should pay attention. So if you want it, we need to do this. We'll repeat some of this on the, you want validation of a spirit visitation. Look around the room first, make sure everything's closed up. And then I was doing um, cemetery tours for six years, five or six a, a year, a John Bettencourt, um, Sacramento Sacramento City Cemetery, 10th and Broadway. And we had up one, uh, start out in July, hot, hot, 100, 150, going up to 250 in October, end of October. And um, they would, uh, I'd see these spirit people everywhere and someone would stand still because they want me to notice them. So I would say to the audience, stand real still and feel the air. What does it feel like to you? Put your palms out. What does it feel like? And then I would pick somebody and I have a lot of stories about this. And then I would say, put their hand up and I would say, feel the air. What does it feel like now? And then I smack it and they say, Ooh, Oh, you just, you just, Oh, Oh, I got it. I got it. And then I said, well, stand still. And I'll feel like your hand is feeling the air. What does it feel like? And then I'd lower their hand and I'd put it into the body of a spirit person. Zap, 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 zap. And, and I had people screaming and going, what was that? It had nothing to do with standing next to a tree or a light. They could just be standing or there was a guy sitting on a, a bench there. Which one, Shari, you came to some of those. Am I mentioning anything? Did you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember yeah. me doing <laughs> yeah. Being sarcastic and writing about people walking around the cemetery with their palms down. <laughs> did you ever witness, did you ever see me take someone's hand and put it in a spirit person? Yeah, it was funny at the time. <laughs> at the time, not now, but at the time, yeah. What did you think when you saw that? Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't ask. <laughs> now I know better, but yeah, I mean, to me, it was, it was because, you know, you always think of ghosts as being cold spots. Uh -huh. Yeah, the cemetery, it's like 50 degrees outside or even 45 degrees because it was October, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're like, feel this, you know, feel, you know, feel that air. And. To me, I thought, well, gee, it better be a lot colder than it is right now, you know, so that, that's how I was. It's electricity because we're made of electricity, yeah, yeah. even a spirit. But you can feel a tingle, you know. She, um, yeah, Shar and I met um, when I was doing the cemetery tours, and I think they started 96. And <laughs> she was a little punk, I tell you, going to college and learning how to write. And I never really asked her if she saw it. And I don't know that I chose you, but I... Um, whoever I catch my eye at the time, but you imagine all through the cemetery, everybody wants to try that, you know, and uh, it was very exciting. But at that time, I never thought about the ones that were there still mm -hmm. around their tombstone. One guy was leaning against a big mob, mob what do they call with their stand up. They're really tall obelisks. Now what it's a, not a cemetery, uh, stone, but a great big built up thing. And the fa father was leaning against it. He had died, come to his son's grave. He accidentally shot him or injured him when he boy was 14 and he died. 
Well, when he, the father passed over, he went right to the boy's grave and he was grieving. And all those stories I used to tell about the spirit people in the cemetery, I look back and I realize half of them were stuck. It, why weren't they gone? Why are they stuck? How about the woman, the first one? And I talk about a few times that was leaning over the graves of her three babies and her form no longer was important to her. She was just a mound. She was just a ball of energy and she was just grieving. I, my three babies are buried here. I went like, get over it. <laughs> Do, no, that grief is so big. They can't get over it. They're truly a ghost because you can't talk to them. And then someone said to me once, do they get over it? Yeah, eventually, or they go completely insane. And then they are labeled and people will argue with me, uh, demons, because they're, have you been to a sailor asylum? I haven't, but I appreciate and I know what the staff must go through when someone finally loses whatever made them human. And they're screaming and yelling all the time. Can you imagine with that? I have, I have two cats and one of them is huge with kind of a Siamese sound to it. And the other one is Siamese sound. And the other one's just a little dainty. You know, just crazy. Anyway, I, um, one time he was right there. I thought he was going to jump off my tabletop here. The soft one gets right here where I'm trying to talk, I, uh, type gets right on the screen, right in front of me. It's just crazy. So anyway, I can appreciate how hard the staff must be in a sale asylum when they've completely lost their mind. Those people die. They're not nice spirits. They're not even nice ghosts if they're stuck with thoughts of what they should have done, could have done. The realization that they're not, they're dead. Mm -hmm. We, I apologize. <laughs> Joe, Joe please. Anyway, so I kind of went around, but I wanted to make sure that we knew, you knew the direction I was <laughs> trying to go. Yes, I love my pets, but I don't want to close the door because of cool air coming back and forth. Um, so game back. So I brought up some ideas and the references I, I make during the shows are my life experiences with these individuals. I've learned most of it, everything I know because 32 years every day, everybody. And the first 15 was with Char and her group and Spirit of Grace and all the events. Um, I read, I talked to 70 people one three day. One, Joe, no, Joe, I'm going to get scratcher. He's the, no, you're not paying attention to me. Go on, honey. Of course, he doesn't understand English. Um, <laughs> but all the variations of people's lives and the spirits and the people I've seen. Um, uh, so I became a remote viewer for Char and how many other groups that you and I did together? I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, so these, all these years I'm dealing with ghosts all the time. Um, so, so getting to back to what I was saying about, uh, what convinced you that was possible that we survived when I was talking to the people in cemetery, my goal was is to have the chain reaction of someone knowing that they were touching a spirit person. These are spirits, these weren't ghosts because they chose to follow, they go, oh, look, there's a group over there. Look, the lights are on all those people. Let's go over and mingle. So I would have these people from different generations, different eras. Um, Mr. Smith, a uh, gold rush individual, he's buried there in 1865. 
now he's over here. Uh, keep him off the tabletop. A uh, lot of generations, decades of different people showing up with different costumes on. And they're wandering around town. You may walk through them when you go shopping downtown Sacramento. You may not even know it. So think about those things. And if you get to a place in your life where you think, this isn't it. There's a lot of people. I've, you read books. You uh, listen to people like me. And there's a lot of people like me out there that see spirit people. I hope there's a lot. And my goal in this life uh, is to make sure that you survive your life better than some things I had to go through. And and then with that, I see these spirit people. So I have a lot of clients that want validation. Um, and I shared one last week because it had only been a day before when I got the reading of someone who was desperately grieving some people in their family and wanted to know who was with her. And... Um, Anyway, it turned out really good. Um, so the some of the things, so that's what I wanted you to stop and think about. And don't let me talk so fast that you don't have time to collect a thought. Um, you know, you're in the house watching TV and all of a sudden you feel someone looking at you. How many times was that really a spirit people, people or your family, uh, grandma, grandpa, overseeing that you're okay? That happens all the time. Um you know, you go somewhere and he's, or you're in your house and you see a shadow at the side of your eye. Did that convince you? I have found out in my life now that I truly understand. And no, I'm not an old grandma that does this anyway. Like you say, oh, that grandma, she got kind of nuts in her old age. I've been this nuts all my life. <laughs> no, since 1990 for sure. And it was hard for me to accept and be labeled a psychic medium. I, I come from an engineer background, 24 years Pacific Bell. And it was very, very difficult. I walked away from it because this embraced me and made me realize that we need help. We need understanding. And some of the help I want to give is that you do survive this. And when you put it in your mind, we do survive. My mother's last word is on to the next adventure. Oh, please. Really? Yeah, the thing she did. Is that I wonder, do we have, I mean, do we have a choice to become I, a ghost or not? That's my question. I'm covering that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going a little longer. Okay, I feel like if I just jumped in, people say, well, give me some suggestions. Give me some ideas. And uh, yes, I'm going to get to it. And I hope you're not frustrated okay. with me talking fast. Guys, um, I'm going to put it out there for YouTube because I know YouTube's funny about running paid ads and stuff. This is not a paid ad. This is a test run. I don't pay her. <laughs> for what might be a paid ad at some point. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to set up these these, these blocks. I'll probably do this twice tonight. Um, uh, just did a basic ad for Nancy so that we could just see what it's going to look like and how it's going to format out for us. Oh, how fun. First time I've seen it, everybody. I've got, um, I've got numbers with the show now that I think are ad worthy. So I'm looking at sponsors right now and I've been talking to people on the phone and stuff and it's still up in the air, but I'm starting to get to the point where people are looking at us as well. So let me do this real quick. Yay! And, uh, we got about a six-second ad. Let me go find it. Oh, I lost it. I'm kidding. Here we go. <laughs> All that work. Is this? Oh, look at there. Yeah, that's me. Okay, we're back. That's see, that's that. all. That's great. And it's my uh, for those who can't see on RSS. It's a picture of me, the one I've been using well for a long time. I'm a little older now, of course. And it's a banner for my website, nancymats.com. 
and the phone number will show it toward the end or should i say it now uh say it now, it, say it now while the, we had that up 916-773-1657 but if you go to my name nancymats.com it pops right up yeah I've done all that, that oh how fun so yeah so that's the first step yeah. and i know um we probably get some b-roll stuff too to where it's going to be video stuff and i'll probably be doing some little tiny interviews like those infomercials you see but we'll see yeah you know, i don't have anybody committed yet but i'm sure i will because like i said the numbers look really strong and um you know we had a big peak last month and then it kind of came down that's what i was waiting for to see where we would come down to and the numbers this month look really good so i'm pursuing it a lot harder than i was before well you know and this is our first try at this your first try yeah. and um i'm an artist i have marketing background also and i find this very exciting we had a lot of fun talking about it earlier yeah <clears throat> so i want so the idea was i want you to start thinking about your experiences and did it convince you that the possibility of us surviving this mess we're in uh this life in this meat jacket that you have to wear around every day it is only temporary is, am I saying that just to convince myself? No, I don't have to do that. I live in with a ghost here in this house and it's really a laugh. Not a ghost, a spirit who chooses to be here. And uh, I'm so convinced. I'm saying to the group one day, once you start believing this, to just your life, to live it in a way to use your life. Their Facebook is really good. It has the expressions. You get a body. Don't pamper it. Use it up. Skid, you know, like your baseball is skidding to last plates, the the home plate just all beat up. And I've I've done my share. I tell you, it's kind of fun to think we're trying this life out. We're trying it out. We're getting from it what we hopefully to enjoy and experience. We're not here for lessons. We're not here for punishment. Karma is sweet. It comes around your own lifetime. You don't have to have it next lifetime. And in some ways, you can ask to work something out, but we're way ahead of ourselves. Again, we get talking, and I'm so sorry. <clears throat> I, wanted, I want you to start from the beginning of this, because I want you to think about these steps I'm going to point out to you. So, everybody, how is your life going? Do you like your life? So, we have an audience of people from all age groups, from teenager probably to early 20s, we have someone in the audience listening now who's uh, early 20s. Um, think about your life and where you want to put go with your life and what would be important for you in your life. At this age, it may be hard. But what I would like to say is for those who have rumbled along 40, 50, 60, and 70s, look at your life a, as a whole. How does it feel to you? I'll never forget my grandmother saying it went so fast. Mm -hmm. My life went so fast. And I remember thinking, you're here 86 years, 85, 86 years. I mean, you know, it was hard um, to hear it like that. But now that I'm at this age <laughs> and I can look back and go, wow, did it go that fast? It seemed like it, but I can stop and think about all the stages in my life. And it certainly has not been an easy life. And I walked away on the heels of cancer year, two years later to do this full time. And so I, I left security, I left everything. You know why? Because I wasn't happy in this life. I wasn't doing what I felt or I was meant to do. On the heels of cancer, 
I was pretty sick, stage three plus. And uh, he just flopped my chair again. Um, I realized, what is this about? And I know you've heard people say this who've been ill and they say, what is life about if you're going to get sick and just die and not get to complete everything you want to do? Mm-hmm. And when I talk to people, I say to them, you want a date? You want a, a new life? But who are you? Have you written down everything about you? What are your hobbies? Your, what have you done in your life? And uh, have you traveled? Or have you run to write a book? And what are you going to do when you retire if you get to live that long? You, people don't know who they are and what they need. And I find that very important if you're going to be a reader. is like in my classes, that's the one thing I stress. If you don't know who you are and your prejudices, your wishes, hopes, and wants, and desires, you may accidentally play it out in a reading for somebody. You don't want to tell them your hopes and desires. They'll think it's for them. So it's very important we do that because at some point in your life, you're going to notice and start worrying that you're going to start running out of time. And you could be 40 years old, 50 years old. Oh, retirement's coming. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do about that? It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. You can always find something to do that would make you happy from running a garden to writing the novel that you've always wanted to do to just getting an old Volkswagen and traveling to the beach every weekend. You have to find happy times. And I'm very guilty. I'm just a human being, I'm very guilty to, to being busy and doing my, my, I love this work. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you to help somebody survive another day, another week, another year to, to get through the grieving of a loss of a loved one, an accident, a divorce, lose their job to help them through those steps. It's the greatest reward in the whole world. I just wish I were a rich woman and I can't read as much as I used to. So I spread it out. So I have to charge. That is the problem. You know, that is a problem. Okay. So I'm going to give you a sentence here. What if you are robbed of your life tonight? I want you to sit there and realize who says a plane can't fall from the sky, right? What about Florida? Look at those people. They got robbed of their life and they're just beginning to count them. The numbers are going to get really big. Everybody much bigger than 17 dead. Ian, I A N and the year is uh, 2022. So we're talking of um, a very big event. This uh, hurricane covered the entire state. That's almost too hard for me to comprehend. So what if you're robbed of your life tonight? When I uh, was diagnosed with cancer and I knew I was in for some treatment, it was going to be rough. And I had three surgeries. They thought maybe you should go further. It was kind of like that kind of statement. like. And when it was done and I look back before I left my husband, six months after um, cancer surgery, I left my husband of 21 years. My thoughts at the time were, what if I only have five years left to live? How would I like to spend it? If I hadn't left him and hadn't pursued who I am as a human being, things that I'd never dreamt I would, at this age, what would life mean to me? Would I become a ghost with resentment and unfinished wishes, wants, hopes, and desires. So when I, I tell my people, sometimes if you can't figure out who you are, what you want to do, ask yourself if my life was taken tonight or if I lose my life in five years, how would I want to live the next five years? How desperate are you to find who you are? Doesn't mean you have to divorce. 
at the time I didn't know that I contributed to the dismay, dismays, this discord in our marriage because he, his, I didn't know. And I will own that. I, who thought he would go into police work? Duh. <laughs> I loved it, but I couldn't be around him. I pushed him away and we, we grew apart. So I realized if I was going to die, because at that time I didn't know I was going to live in five years. I thought I was just going to die because in, I got cancer diagnosed in November of 87. I was 39. And in those years, people died of cancer. My mother thought I was going to die because people did. They did. And so I looked at my life and I said, how, how would I like to spend next five years? I had no idea what I was going to do, but I wasn't going to stay married. And so I got out of the marriage and I was working with a telephone company and I thought I was going to be okay. Year and a half later, the doc said, you know what? It hasn't come back in a year and a half. Maybe, maybe you're going to be okay. And I was like, but then he said, well, we'll, we'll got to give you 15 years. You got to be okay for 15 years, but we're all right now. We're, you're good now. And I went, wow, am I going to live? And I was so bewildered. I didn't know what I was going to do with myself because I thought I was going to die. I want you to think the same way. I'm not telling you to leave your marriage. I'm not telling you to quit. Just because I took that risk doesn't mean you have to. What it means is you need to figure out what is missing in your life and pursue it. And sometimes people will say to me, blah, 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 blah. I says, okay, so you work and you come home, and you clean and do this and that. How much time are you giving yourself? Well, I, I have two, three hours a day. I says, what else are you doing with that? Why don't you pursue something you want to do? So I told this because it's memory and I have another story I can share with this guy. A, a very important person came to me. He was a lawyer out of California, uh, Sacramento. And I looked at him. I said, did you go jump out of an airplane? <laughs> he looked at me and says, can I have a parachute? <laughs> and he came back to me, says it was the most invigorating, exciting thing I've ever done. I never give gives gives me tears in my eyes. He says, the most important thing I've ever done. And he says, you, you show me I could be alive. I was doing a group of people, women. I love to talk to women. And it was out of Sacramento. And I can't say anybody's name, but there was a group of women on the lady to the right. I was one from the left all the way to the right. And I looked at her. I says, I could get in your car and I want you to drive until you get lost. And she burst out crying. Nancy, what did you do to her? Look at you falling. Guess what her greatest fear was? Getting lost in the car. I says, if you don't do this, you'll never get better. So conference with her sister or mother or the girls, I don't know, but Route 66, she got in a car, she planned a trip, and she got on that road and traveled all the way to Texas. She didn't get lost. She had a great time. She got back to me and she says, I just had a great time. I says, sometimes you have to step up and do what you're most afraid of to get over it. I didn't say jump out of a plane without a parachute. I said, be safe. But sometimes you have to conquer something to see that you're so empowered. Um, I've always been an athlete. So my husband and I got into horses, <laughs> not, a, not a cheap hobby. But unfortunately, uh, 10 years earlier, uh, I see, we think uh, 15 or years earlier, we had a drive-in movie 
and I stepped on Chuck Hole with my daughter in my arms. I didn't fall. And I had the worst brain ankle ever. So riding horses, we did English. After a while, my ankle blah, 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 like this. And someone said to me, Nancy, why didn't you start running? And I go, just to strengthen your leg and your, and I went, oh, I can't do that. I'm a lady. I don't want to put shorts on. I don't want to run. Remember, this is a long time ago, early 80s. <laughs> and that's a man's sport, not a woman's sport. <laughs> In fact, you know, it was those years that women just barely got into running. Oh, no, I got into it because I was afraid not to try it. I wanted to see if I could run. Well, it turned out I was really good at it. <laughs> I'm not fast, but I'm good at it. My weekend runs were 16 to 20 miles. Yeah, I'd run every, every time I could. Gave up the horse. I conquered that fear. And you know what that did for me? It allowed me to divorce my husband. Because the empowerment I felt from running didn't hurt. Got to help the figure a little bit, too. Uh, I, then I was thinner. So, I mean, got, then I went into the Kansas long story. Anyway, so what that taught me was that things can be accomplished and conquered if your fear is there. Now, I'm not telling you to lose your job, step away from it, and, uh, and make pottery in the desert. You got to pay your bills, right? So do not blame me for something that didn't work, but you have to work toward it. If you want to make pottery... Do it as a retirement job. I counseled a lot of people on their inability to be happy after retirement because they thought it'd be happy. They'd be happy just working in the garden, read a book once in a while. If you're not productive, your mind will make you want to do something new. I think you could sit at the beach every day, but even that gets old. If you win the lotto, $100 million, gets really boring. Yep, yep. Want a little. I talk to people with lots of money. I got lots of clients. And I've never met most unhappy people because they don't know how to fulfill their inside wants because it's so easy for them just to purchase it or have it given to them. Sometimes the poorest people I talk to are sometimes the happiest. Okay, that's really amazing. In this life, do you feel angry, defeated, and vengeful? Do you live only from moment to moment? Ever plan what your life was, the hope of future reward? And what are you doing now to gain that? So if you want a boat to sail around Cape Cod, it's something, something. Or if you want to travel to Egypt, I have people want to travel to Egypt. Someone said to me, Nancy, I'd love to take you to Egypt and put your hands on the pyramids. I said, oh, please, I would love that. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably wouldn't need that. Probably just stand there and say, anybody in here? <laughs> They'd probably show up. Somebody from the past would come in and, and I wouldn't be able to understand them. Or I probably could. But what would I do with that message? Who, who, who would I say something to? <laughs> Some Egyptian king would say, who are you? Can you help me? I go, no. <laughs> um, I wouldn't know what to say to somebody, but it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, so I want you to give thoughts to that. Um, oh, I, I would like to go to the next paragraph because I don't want to take all night here. Have you come to grips with some of the situations that have not been good for you? How do you look at something... I was in a really bad accident, um, 18 years old and, uh, first car, bam, right. Um, I had surgery on my foot and busted all the stitches because I was a driver and guess what I was afraid of. I was afraid to tell my mother that I hurt my foot. Really? You, you totally your car out. 
<laughs> but in those years, you know, that was, I didn't want to say. It. So I came to grips with some of these things that have happened to me, even my illness. Cancer was one of the best things that ever happened to me. It shook me up. I called the red brick of God effect. In some ways, having the universe, he, she, the diva, whoever's running this show got my attention and said, there's more to life. And we're just going to rattle you a little bit. That wasn't my time. Char and I talk off and on about the close calls. They should put a Blarney stone right in my backyard. <laughs> I'll go and just rub my elbow and my arm on it every so often. I've had so many close calls. I even went over a cliff with a horse once. I was with two other ladies and the horse was stopped by a big boulder um, from Granite Bay to... Um, Auburn Lake trails up to Auburn where it gets really high and you're running on this little tiny path. The horses are oops, snake or something. We went right over. And I remember thinking, I wasn't expecting to go this way. <laughs> and, he, and she butters hit a rock. And so we crawled our way back up. And Linda said to me, uh, do you, should we all just walk up? And I says, if I don't get her, I'll never get her on again. And I did. And I didn't realize I'd conquered me. So I was the talk of the conversation. We're on the campfire for weeks. <laughs> Nancy just went right over that cliff. Oh, gosh. What stories, huh? So what I want to do is I want you to think about these situations. And what did you gain from the situations versus lose? No, I don't want you to tell me up and say you were in a shooting and your friend got killed. Don't want that. That's a totally different situation. I want something to happen to you that you come to grips with and you go, you know what? I did survive that. Am I a better person because of it? I've talked to people who've lost limbs. Um, who can I talk about? <laughs> so this friend of friend of mine, these people live in Stockton, she and her sister. And Joe. And um, so she lost a leg to cancer. And I was talking to her briefly about it. I says, you miss your leg? She says, no. I said, where is it? Oh, the hospital put it in this freezer for me. So when I die, they'll put me in the leg together again. I says, well, if you're not missing it, why are you waiting? I mean, why are you letting them hold it for you? Are you paying for it or something? And she had them cremated. And what was great is that she became a new persona. They gave her a new leg and she tried it for 10 minutes and says, oh, no, no, no. I'm really good and fast with these crutches. And she was still whipping around and she she had a new personality. I can do anything. Watch me. And she was known in, the, every, in her life. I won't say anymore. So she turned it around. Now, these young boys that go to war and come back, I can't address that. But how many have turned around and rewarded others and helped others? And one of the fellows in my one of my classes is helping young men with PTSD, turning around and giving back. I feel like that is the best way to, to help your spirit be happier, fulfilled. Is whatever happened, turn it around. So my unhappiness in my life on the things that you don't know about that I will not bring up, it's been difficult. And what that tells me is God wants me, the universe, he, she, diva, whoever's running this show, wants me to experience many things. So when I talk about something, I know, what it, I know about that topic. So you have to come to grips with everything that's happened to you. We do survive whether you want to, you believe in it. There was three things. I forgot the third one. 
Do you believe in it? Do you want to? Or maybe you don't want to. Go oblivion. We just do. And that is all there is. How does it work? Uh, they talk all about how mysterious the universe is. Now they had a black hole expel a whole bunch of debris coming out and not supposed to be able to happen. So now they're investigating the um, the gravity of a, of a black hole. A black hole, maybe it is a spaceship, but now they got more questions than answers. Nothing is solid. Um, I want to mention some movies. One of them I mentioned before, and I'm I'm going to make a point here. Please don't. Uh, so going back to the situations in your life, they're not lessons, they're not punishment, they're experiences that you chose for this life. If you believe that we pass over, do we come back? Can we do that? That's another story for another night. But if you can say to yourself, this is the present time, I'm in this meat jacket that I'm borrowed and I'm wearing it. Because I want to have volume. I want to know what a kiss and a hug feel like. Um, hot coffee with scent of smell of, of freshly brewed. There's things in our life that are going on right now in your life that you can say, I'm grateful for because I like this. Um, I can, you know, what can I say? There's so many examples. Uh, I love my cats. Yes, I love, I have children. I have grandchildren. I have great grandchildren. In fact, one of the reasons moving from the border of California and Oregon is to be closer to great-grandchildren. These two little girls, two and four years old, you can't get it cuter than that. Just hugging them is reward. You got to look at the little things. Little things are hard to find, but it riches who we are. And, and the reason is, I want to talk about these movies, and then I'm going to go into smaller details, because if you don't get the smaller details and you think about it, then you're going to die and regret, be angry and vengeful and feel like you've been cheated. And guess what? You get stuck in that pattern of remorse, revenge, guilt. And then, then you're going to have to wait for someone like me to come around and notice you. <laughs> One of my favorite movies all time, I've talked about it a couple of times, is Ghost. He got shot, laid in the street. The girlfriend's all covered with blood, everybody. And he stands there like a deer in head, like going, what the? People came to greet him. He went, oh, no, uh-uh, not yet. I want to know what happened. I didn't deserve this. Eventually, yes. Now, the downside is, of course, everybody knows the movie. And he does figure out how, what happened. And he says goodbye to his lady one more time, and he passes on. But the other side of the coin is, what if... He hovers around the lady and he says, I didn't want to die. I'm so sorry to leave you. And she grieves and grieves and grieves. That person could then become a ghost, but he doesn't. He settles the reason for his um, killing and he gets to finish out some of the things he didn't finish with his lady. And it was a great Patrick Swayze. It, was, it made him a star. <clears throat> the second movie I haven't mentioned before. Um, I saw it on TV months back and i apologize i think um i can't even remember casey's last name i think he played the ghost and it's about a, a guy who lives in a house with a lady i don't know if they're married i'm just give you an overview because i think everybody he got a academy award for this part and he just the whole movie he's covered in a, a sheet and um 
he dies and he finds himself back in the house with his girlfriend or the wife and she can't stay there because that was their house and um she moves out if i remember the plot and he still has a sheet on because we're not supposed to see his reactions we're not supposed to know we're supposed to think that he's stuck and he is the entire movie until the very end and at the end so in the process of him being the ghost he's in the house and the house is sold two or three times and then at the end the house was over to begin with the house disintegrates and and that occurs him one day because people who are who are ghosts who go insane it takes a while but they have to kind of figure out because in the end of the movie someone else who's a ghost locally near him says i'm going to go on because nothing has changed i've been waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing's changed so i'm going to leave all you have to do is think of why you're waiting and so this fellow his last name is casey i think um says she's not come back and now the house is gone i want to know where she is and all of a sudden the sheet falls and he's disappeared that is a true ghost it's he's conscious but he's in a, what i call loop he can't think beyond that and i know that they can um she always had um constant thoughts and no action he was just roaming around looking for her waiting for her to come back um the third reference it's kind of unusual. Um, I saw this um, listed to be shown again, but I had seen it a couple of years back, I think. Um, I'm one of those people who says the word ghost in the title. I'm going to look at it. <laughs> uh, write this down also, down a dark hall. And it's about a gal who dealt with her father's death at her, she was nine. In the TV, in this movie, Father's Killed a Car Accident. And she's young and mother remarries and the daughter just feels very cheated. And I deal with parents with children who have issues. And I tell them, this is the problem. You divorce, the child is financially insecure now. Don't, doesn't know if you're gonna divorce them. They don't know if they were the problem. Did you ever tell them they're not the cause of the divorce? Does the other parent that isn't raising, did they come around and also say, no matter what happens, I'm always your dad and I'm always going to be there. Some things have to be said because the child internalized. And this is what this little girl in the movie, this young lady in the movie is about. She's a late teen and the parents have given up. And so they are found, uh, someone finds them and says, there is an academy that you can send this child to and we guarantee that we will help them. Well, that's a pretty big guarantee, I think, right? So they found her at the school. They sent her to this academy and they go up and it looks like a Gothic mansion, uh, manor from 1700s, right? And it is older, but it has that look on it like, oh, don't go in there. That looks really bad in there. That building looks creepy, creepy. <laughs> well, the premise of the movie is that there's a, uh, a lady who is running the, the school. There's only five girls who show up and they have individual teachers that are experts in particular different fields. There's five total. And the premise of the movie is, is that the building is full of ghosts and they're looking to possess somebody. This is a true definition of a ghost, meaning these people are insane. They died without accomplishing, finishing their masterpieces or the piece of music or the artwork. And even though they may be conscious, 
they've gone to a place where they're so desperate, they want to possess somebody. And this premise of the movie is these young girls have lacked their will to live. They've lacked the purpose and the passion to be alive, not knowing that they've um, put some sort of crack in their soul, the peripheral of them. They're allowing somebody, consciously allowing, but have shown to them that there's more things to happen. And what happens, a spirit walks into them, takes over. And of course, it takes a little bit of time for the girl who main lead to figure out that this place is not a good place to be because each of the five, one girl doesn't succeed, but the ones that do are completely taken over by the possessing spirit so they can finish artwork, poems, song, whatever it is. And it's a true possession because these people are insane. One of the stories I've shared before is something that I was not able to get involved with to help this individual go on. He, was, he died of a massive heart attack at 51, 52, somewhere in there. And he had a hard time um, passing over. And he did, I think it was his father that was there to greet him, but he um, didn't go because he was so distraught. Um, he didn't finish his career. He didn't raise his boys. He didn't feel like he could leave them. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But if you have a, a trusting wife or a husband, because in the May paper today, a young woman um, died yesterday at a cross railroad cross in Sacramento, somewhere around this community. And um, the father said, I'll, I'll pick up the, I'll do this. This is what I do. I'll be with my son who's still in the hospital, my daughter. And this is my job. I don't know if I would like to say before all of you were born, the agreement was this would be an experience that you would go through. I don't want to say that, but at this time in my life, and I look at this, the bigger picture. Remember, my father was killed. My mother had a really hard time. Um, how many years can you grieve? When my father was killed, my grandmother uh, was pretty young. Let's see, 60-something. I remember taking her to her bank, and she was in her early 80s at that time. And we were greeted by the manager. She was a darling-looking lady, darling. And she would have his he would hold her hands and she would say to him, I've just lost my son, her father. And it was, what, 30, 40 years earlier, 30 years earlier. So no, I'm not making light of that at all because her, her grief was true. Um, that is truly what I worry about. When I see people who are so desperately unhappy, COVID shut in, um, have to take care of herself even now. Um, I should be wearing a mask. I've had COVID. Uh, I got it in March 2020. And then last summer, not this summer, but the one before. And then I moved three days in getting down here. I got sick with something. And um, someone said it was the variant because two friends of mine got it also. So it was really something I had to go and say, okay, I guess I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I just got to slow down. Um, I'm talking and my everybody getting lost here. I want to hurry up here. <laughs> All good. Are you okay? Okay. Um, okay. So the point I was trying to make is there are very different kinds of spirits and ghosts. 
more diversity with ghosts than with spirits. The spirit person is a conscious person. When I give tours, uh, I did this with Char. I did this in Seattle. I did this in Sacramento, many different places. Um, poor Orange Paranormal with George Lopez. We were investigating town. I think, Char, you were on the air with me that night. And I saw the town in different eras and was talking of different people that I was seeing. Yet it's all kind of like run down. There's not hardly of the town left. So I call it layering. I can see layering. And the people who are spirits who are in their particular heaven are here. You don't have to go to the outer reaches of heaven or wherever or other planetaries. A spirit can go into time. Uh, I, I think of a lot of our spirits um, travel time. I've had a lot of stories told to me where the family members weren't even aware that that was an interest of theirs. Oh, but let go in the Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> um, I, oh, no, this is the other one. Um, so a spirit life can be very exciting. You can pursue. Um, I was talking to someone I, I love and she says, oh, you're going to be riding horses. And I don't know if I ever told her I wrote, I rode and rode raced horses. So I could see me doing that, but more likely I would like to run because I enjoy, I would probably do all the runs in California and maybe Europe and go to China and run the big wall of China. Of course, spend time with my children. But once you start thinking about what you can do on the spirit side, maybe this life isn't so hard after all. What can mm -hmm. you enjoy in this life? I know Shards is dying to get down there in Disneyland. <laughs> She's fulfilling, right? And yeah. that's a whole new, that's a whole new show. You should do it. And sometimes it doesn't have to cost a lot to just do something you enjoy. Just make the time. And I'm guilty. And I've seen some videos lately on um, that. We're not given enough time. Um, okay. So souls who are stuck can travel for one person or another. They can possess, absolutely, we deal with all the time. They can disrupt and create havoc for the living because they're insane. They're so mad. They're so angry. And they're so uh, completely overwhelmed. So those are true ghosts. And it's not nice. It's not fun. And it is disturbing. So there was a girl, and I already told the story once. There was a young lady who was being... Um, stalked with a ghost and the ghost would come into her bedroom later on because it wanted to talk to her, but it was more angry. It was like in her space. And I said to the mom and then to the little girl, I says, whose bedroom is that? And I asked the girl, did you like, your, you like your bedroom? And I said, tell me about your bread bedroom. And she just gave me all this wonderful detail, purple, lilacs, lacy, and I says, well, how dare that man come into your space? Your mom created this beautiful space for you. How angry are you? That's how I want you to deal with these ghosts. You get bigger, bolder than they are. They're not used to that. You push them away until they can find somebody that will make them listen. Listen, look at me. I'm so sorry. Have are you hurt? Make them kind of listen to you. I don't want to go through this bill. That would be for another show. But you need to get their attention. If you're going to do a rescue, 
You don't bully them. You don't yell at them. You give them sympathy. You give them a way to think about it. And then you guide them to what they need to see. It's nice that I can see somebody. One person, I said, your mother's standing right behind you. Look at your mom. Turn around. It didn't say it like that. I was trying to be nicer. But sometimes I get frustrated. Well, why aren't you seeing these people? They can't. They're blind. All they are is consumed by their loss of their money, their house. They're consumed. They don't have a life. They're consumed. The wife married again. They're consumed with not doing something important. That's what I don't want you to get to. When you start planning your goals out and it doesn't happen, step back and say, I wonder what I'm supposed to learn from that. Maybe it's the wrong job. Maybe you're not ready. When you're ready, the right thing will show up. Been down that road. I've had opportunities not given to me when I wanted it. And opportunities, people call me, you want to do this? And then I can't or something. Well, gee, many Christmas, make up your mind up there. What do you want me to do? And the reason I, I can talk like that is say, evidently, I'm not supposed to talk to someone there. Someone should not hear my answer. They're not ready. Hmm. What if I give someone an answer and not ready to hear it? And they do something that that benefiting their life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. But if I have that attitude, I was talking to a group, talking to this group, I think it was. And I said, I kind of live differently now. This is temporary. I love it. I love living. Um, I enjoy some things that people don't even think about. I enjoy the idea that I could take a breath. <sighs> I like the idea that my eyes, not real good, but my eyes work. I'm not going to do it tonight, sometime in the future. I love greenery. I got trees everywhere in here. I got beautiful pictures on the walls. I should change out these once in a while so you can see how crazy colors I like. I have the choice to look at beautiful things. It gives me pleasure. Simple little things. So we moved into this place. We kind of change things around. My husband's been here a couple of years. Long story. Um, uh, we had to deal with some health things for him. But at the same time, the excitement of a new neighborhood is not the drudgery of move. Yeah, it's hard. But I get to explore a brand new area. And we're right next to Orr Dam. O-R-O Dam, Northern California. So he's talking about getting a canoe, rubber thing or whatever. Oh, how exciting. So the move is terrible, but wow, look on the other side of it. Look what I get to do. You've got to have a teeter-totter in your life. Balance is important. So if things go hectic and bad for you, turn it around. Look at the other things around you that you can benefit from that enhances your life. So ultimately, if something terrible does happen, family is going to grieve you. You're going to step out of your body and go, well, I'm glad what that one's done. I want to see what else is there. Go to the museums in France if you want. Do something exciting on the other side. I'll tell you, I'm going to be, I had life in Japan at one time. Yeah, I do believe in that. I get so many flashes. It's amazing. I had life in France too. And I'm, my husband, I, my husband's very gifted. Uh, can't live with me for 20 years without catching on. And we lived in near uh, next to Tombstone, Arizona. I had a wonderful office there. And Professor Gary Swartz came there and invited me into his world. And probably one of the few of a dozen people he double-blind tested and he just loved me. And I miss you too, Gary. Call me. <laughs> Call me. Let's connect, huh? Anyway, so um, I, I love being there from the time I was allowed to be there. Anyway, I think I've talked long enough. It's almost seven. Did we have any questions. Well, hey, you've been rolling right along. Any questions, you guys?
Nice okay. Quiet. They're, I, they're quiet. They're probably, they're well, <laughs> so I guess I, I hope I covered it. I, I started out negative, but I think people have a tendency to talk to psychics or um, Nostradamus or some of these others, dooms, dooms, people on, you know, we all do what we do. There's mm -hmm. enough grief in the world besides me telling you what's going to happen negative next. Yes, I do get that stuff, unfortunately. But what good is it? If I tell you there's going to be a volcano, I'm going to tell you there's an earthquake, so what? What yeah. are you going to do about it? You know, we're going to check out the day we're meant to. Make it the best you can, because if you don't, you're going to become a ghost. And gosh darn, I don't want to have to do that. You know, I don't want my people around me to take over my work. You know, you don't want to become a ghost because you're missing out on the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And it could be fun. And I've seen my, so I was given a lecture in um, Sierra Vista and I was working the learning exchange down there. Right. So I was getting all these talks and someone said, oh, past life aggression, you do, you do that? Yeah. You know, how many hundreds of them? So, right. hundred. And so I don't know how many. So anyway, I was, um, I was given a stage then. It was a little bigger stage and people were coming in and, in and so I was getting started and my husband was going to record and the button didn't get pushed. I was very disappointed because I don't know if my mother would have been seen. My mother was a very petite woman, five, three, a hundred pounds soaking wet, but black hair, 99% brown to, to black. Right. And she had black, dark brown, black, like mine, big oval eyes and lots of eyelashes that saw her as she, she appeared on stage right next to me. And she came with energy all around her. But what I saw was her small upper body, her shoulders, the neck, and this beautiful young face with these black eyelashes, just dark hair like this. And I just went, oh my God. And everybody's saying, I'm like, what's happening? I said, my mother just showed up. And you, there's a long story, but I entertained her building up in Portland, Oregon, the seven floors. And, you know, it was wonderful. My mother was the hit of the building for over a month. Everybody says, oh, that was your daughter. <laughs> oh, we had so much fun. She was so gay. <laughs> like this. So I think my mother was secretly always wishing she could be on stage. So when I was in this class about past life regression, she showed up. And it was amazing. So in the afterlife, she's been visiting. Sometimes I can feel her right next to me looking into this camera saying, oh, look what she's doing now. <laughs> Who knew my, my daughter would do that? My picking up. Who knew my daughter would do this? Because I was on my way up in the telephone company. And um, I, I, I was the first line for about seven, eight years. But I was only 42 when I left the telephone company full time. I was uh, uh, 40 when I um, got into this. So if I'd stayed until 65, I could have had the best retirement, probably would have married someone on the staff. Oh, no. Let's take the road to this travel dance. Let's do it the hard way. <laughs> but I've had a lot of fun. And there's other aspects of this we do need to talk about. So we'll plan another show. Absolutely. Dude, you have fun? I hope so. Cool. At this at this age, sometimes we get distracted. I'll have to look at my notes and come back to it. So, but it's it's fun to talk about this and be aware and in the present. Oh, who is Pamela? Hello, sir. Pamela, thank you, honey. That was really nice of you.
I hope I said some things that I don't ever watch anything else that people talk about. So all these thoughts and are all mine. Uh, if it happens to coincide with somebody else, um, just happens. But um, I sat and typed this all up today. I've been thinking about it all week. So any topic you want me to talk about, bring it up. And then I think I might take this another step and talk about other situations of ghost. There's a half a dozen in my head. Um, sure. Yeah. And people can be seen as a ghost, but they're not. And uh, let me talk real quick. There was a, fella, a family that called me. They thought grandpa had become a, a ghost. And I said, really? Okay. You know, and they were farm peoples. And um, we've talked and everything. And I do remote very easily. I didn't, this is something I just did for them. But what they were experiencing was the vision of grandpa walking through the house and then he'd walk through the house again they they could smell a cigar and so they thought that he was in the house making loops with a cigar and it got to be hi marissa you betcha that's nice um so when i went to put my mind to him he told me that grandma would not let him smoke in the house so in the morning the first thing on the farm he would walk to the back door and he had a hidden cigar jar and he would take it. Sorry. Keep you awake, honey. No, he don't, would take, take it, don't take it the wrong way. I've been up since six. So I'm back on like a normal sleepy schedule. Now. <laughs> Me too. I've been up since six. Um, so he would take a cigar out and he would light it on the porch and he would walk his whole length of his orchard. I, oranges in the valley, his whole length. And then he would come back. By the time he got to the back door, you would be done with his cigar. But people who smoke, they don't realize it. Your body's permeated with smoke. So right. he'd come in the house smelling and mom would get upset, but he wasn't smoking. And so his heaven was a six, five or six o'clock walk in his orchard, smoking his favorite cigars. He's not a ghost because he was talking to me about how much he loved that. Sometimes the love is heaven. Can you imagine whatever hobby you have, you get to do it for eternity? You know, how would, you know, I know somebody, anyway, I got to make stories in my head. So I hope you understand what I was trying to say to that. Not a ghost if they're doing their love. Okay. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, Monday, we're going to be talking about Sasquatch with my okay. guest. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting show because this gentleman that I'm having on knows things about Sasquatch and, and, in Wisconsin and different places like that. We're going to be talking about different locations. So he's going to be with us on Monday. Of course, Sunday I'll be reading from the heirloom book. And uh, that thing's eating up. Boy, there's some scary stuff in that book. Uh, so, but I want to thank you all for coming tonight. And um, I appreciate it. I hope you all have a great weekend. Excuse me, I'm swallowing. But uh, again, we're, you know, things are, ch things are changing with the show. And, uh, Hopefully I'll start getting some advertisers here, you know, we can start doing stuff and I can stop begging you guys at the end of every show. <laughs> but uh yeah. Anyway, um oh, we got some, hang on, hang on, hang on. Who we got? Who we got? I'm gonna flash my cousin up here. Here we go. Ready? There you go, Nancy. Hi, Rebecca. A nice meeting you, dear. <laughs> there we go, there we go. Okay, boom. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for coming. And, uh, again, if you uh, like what you hear uh, and like what you saw, 
Uh, go ahead and uh, hit that like button on Facebook and hit that follow button. Uh, if you uh, want to check me out, oh, that sounds terrible. Check out my site over at Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ghosty Gal at Instagram. It's really simple. Ghosty Gal. No numbers, no nothing. Just Ghosty Gal over at Instagram. I'm looking for followers over there as well. Uh, if you're watching from YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button. It's that little ghost uh, with the magnifying glass and the Sherlock Holmes hat on. I'm looking for subscribers as well. If you're over on TikTok, same thing. Hit that like button and hit that follow button. All right. Anyway, I will see you guys on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Thank you very much. And I'm going to shoot Nancy's information by you here real quick. Here we go. That's websites at nancymats.com. NancyMatsAuthor.com with the N, M, and A caps. YouTube.com NancyMatsPsychic with the N, M, and P capped. And, of course, Nancy's books, Help Me Get Me Out of This Funk by Nancy Matz. And Two Worlds Developing Your Psychic Skills. And The Unwilling Sacrifice. And, of course, you can get those at Amazon.com. And just a quick announcement. I will be teaching that Psychic Development Class 2 next weekend. I've, you know, like I said, I've, I've been working on on the weekends, uh, working with advertisers and stuff, potential advertisers. So I haven't got around to uh, teaching it, but I will be doing it next weekend. Just heads up and we'll decide whether it's going to be a Sunday, a Saturday or Sunday. All right. Well, here we go. I'll see you on Sunday afternoon or evening. Bye.